Hey there, humans. Welcome to Sinister Soup, the show where we discuss genre fiction through the lens of film, books, ridiculous conversation, and tasty beer. 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 Today, we are going to start our show the way we always do, which is with our Bring Some Culture segment, where we shout out a creative or a business or really anything we think is cool and more people should know about that's out there in the world doing cool things. All things are part of the human culture. So, Travis, what you got for culture today? Clay, do you like writing? Uh, Yes. All right. Do you like uh, (laughs) building worlds? I do. It's a part of writing. Did you sometimes wish that there was, like, one place you could just put all of your notes and your book and your chapters and the world and character descriptions and pictures in one single application. Gee, that sure sounds awful convenient, mister. You don't know something about that, do you? I do. Wow. I know this sounds a bit like an advertisement, but I don't know. I felt like doing it that way. Um, I mean, I think we're literally advertising. We're just not we, getting paid for it. We are. We are doing free advertisement here. <laughs> <laughs> there is an app location, application, and website called Campfire um, that now has a updated version called Campfire Blaze um, that for a pretty reasonable single payment, not monthly payments, a single payment, very reasonable, you can get this one-stop shop software that gives you character description, map making, um, world building, just sort of a single location for all of your information of your story to sit and reside, as well as the writing software story, editing software itself. Um, I use Campfire a lot for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I have friends who use it for writing books. Um, but it's good for really any kind of creative outlet you might need it for. I very much enjoy it. And plus, they're very active. They're young, kind of like my our age, around like mid-20s to 30s people. So they're, they're very in touch with like the online community. They have a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel. And um, they, are, they do well at advertising to an audience they know is using them. Um, so, yeah, campfire. All right. Yeah, it, it's always good to have applications where you can, like, centralize, especially with processes like world building that are so expansive and, and difficult to do in the first place. So any way you can simplify that process and get it all in one place more seamlessly is, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. What do you got? I got... It's called, uh, it is abbreviated as NaNoWriMo, N-A-N-O-W-R-I-M-O. All right. And it stands for National Novel Writer Month. And it is a month-long, well, first of all, it's centered around this month-long challenge that happens next month in November. And if you're an author, it's never too late to sign up until November starts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is you, you write an entire novel in one month. And there's a big community of people that are doing the same thing and very supportive around that mission. Um, and the novel, you know, you're just supposed to get to 50,000 words. 
during the one month challenge, which equates to about 1700 words per day. So, you know, it's totally doable. It just takes a lot of consistent hard work. Nano is also a organization that's there all year. I mean, I'm sh I've been told by the uh, moderators and stuff that the traffic there, of course, picks up a lot, ramping up to November and drops off steadily after the challenge is over. But nonetheless, it is an awesome platform. Um, there are forums all over the place where you can connect regionally with other groups of authors. For example, there's a Snohomish County, which is where I live, a group with like 200 members. Mm. Um, so I I've been looking for ways to connect with local authors here, and I found that, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody's really active right now, so I joined at the perfect time. Um, on top of that, there's lots of classes, there are conferences, there's seminars. Um, there's extensive like worksheets and stuff to help you prep your book for uh, the Nano Challenge. But of course, those can be used for prepping any book, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's there's everything you could want to like get yourself ready to write a novel. And then if you if it helps you to have like a enthusiastic community that's in the struggle with you to kickstart you to write a novel fast and, and just get it done, because I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is to just get that first draft done. Mm -hmm. um, Nano could be a great place for you, and it's a great organization anyway. Um, it's it's run by donations and and founder and the founders, and it it helps provide uh, writing opportunities for kids. It does all kinds of things. It holds camps for kids to uh, write and go on like a writing retreat. Um, it's it's just a really cool organization. So go check it out. And if you're a writer who needs some help drafting that first novel then nano might be a good way to to give yourself the kickstart for it i'm using it for that purpose i have an idea that that i want to get done and i'm going to try the challenge this year so hopefully it goes well right on i mean community is like huge right now i feel like especially after i know the pandemic isn't officially over but coming out of it there's like always going to be people looking for I want to connect with human beings again. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's a, that's cool. I know there's one for like writers. I know I'm trying to look for a lot of those opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a cool place. And I mean, you can even join the forums as a spectator if mm -hmm. you're interested in that. So mm -hmm. right on. Well, this week we are talking about another spooky season. Spooky. Um, vampire. Uh, content. We we just stuck with vampires this week, other than Pet Cemetery. Um, mm -hmm. This month has been about vampires because it's October, and the yeah. show we're talking about is Castlevania on Netflix, an anime series, uh, anime original on Netflix. It was actually one of the I feel like one of their sort of maiden voyages into original anime content. Uh, mm -hmm. They've been starting to create more after its success, but this was kind of their first little dipping their toe and like can we make an anime let's see um mm -hmm. the general story revolves around a uh a two a series of characters so um dracula being the main villain is kind of re re uh, renounces his horrible vampiric ways in the name of love and marries a woman named lisa tepis um well she takes his name of dracula tepis 
marries a woman named Lisa who is a scientist that wants to use his knowledge of the arcane to help heal people. She's accused of witchcraft, which was uh, something that happened quite a lot in the old days of the church, um, and is killed. And Dracula warns the citizens of the city that burned her that they have a year to leave, and if they don't, he is going to essentially end the world. And people being what they are, they don't leave. (laughs) They sure don't. Dracula goes on a killing rampage and loses himself completely to anger. And then in walks our protagonists, Sypha and Trevor Belmont, uh, who are vampire hunters, arcane people, um, members of old societies that have tried to rid the world of monsters. And they are going to try and kill Dracula. And that is the general premise of Castlevania, at least season one. It kind of branches off from there, adds a lot of different storylines, but that's that's what you need to know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's loosely based on the classic video game mm-hmm. and uh, kind of watches like that. Before we uh, get into rolling for Forced Entrollment, which is our, our next section here, uh, wherein the high roll defends the book or movie we're talking about and the low roll is forced to be a troll and attack it regardless of how they might actually feel we always ask a trivia question about said genre fiction piece so today i have brought that trivia question travis are you ready i think so okay so there are many towns (laughs) along the journey of Trevor Belmont and Dracula and Sypha and all the other characters of Castlevania. Yeah. Um, many are important for different reasons. I want to know from you, in which town does Carmilla um, initiate her plan to revolt against Dracula with her army? Which town is Dracula's castle in because it moves around? Yeah. When... They when uh, Carmilla brings her army and decides to use the tactical advantage of this town, which is discussed a lot between the Vampire Council, to attack Dracula when he is going to be vulnerable. Is it Gresset, mm-hmm. Brela, mm-hmm. Lindenfeld, mm-hmm. or Tregavista? Mm. Dude, I can't even remember the names of the towns I create for D&D games. <laughs> so it's a shot like, in the dark. Like, names are the hardest thing for my brain to capture. It's bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think I distinctly remember Brela being said the most in their accent, in, like, Carmilla's accent, so I'm going to say Brela. Correct. Oh, yes! <sighs> yep. It was like a port town with a big river and a large mm-hmm. bridge. And that's why she was so, they were intent on, well, Carmilla was intent on, like, uh, Brela being a very strategic point. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I got one. Woo! Yeah. Get to you roll with advantage. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, Travis, because he got the question right, gets to roll with advantage. For those of you who don't know what that means, because you aren't huge, giant nerds. Um <laughs> It means you get to roll the dice twice, and you get to take the higher of the two rolls. Had he gotten the trivia question wrong, then I, as the asker, would be rolling with advantage. But he didn't. So roll away, Travis. I did. All right. Did you beat a six? 
I didn't on my first roll. I tied a six, but the second one was an 18. Alrighty. Well, that'll be you. <laughs> All right. Boy, am I glad. Boy, am I glad I got advantage because I, I just don't know what I would pick apart with this television series. I think I'll start with one of the main things I hear most people who don't watch anime criticizing anime for. And that is that they cannot grow attached to the characters as much as they can in a live ad- action adaptation. And this show convinced me that I don't know if fantasy can ever be done as well as I can imagine it now being done in anime form. Because boy, did I get attached to these characters. Trevor Belmont, Saifa Belnades, um Alucard all have compelling narratives and stories. Dracula has a reason that he completely loses his mind. He's not an antagonist that's just like, ooh, big bad scary guy wants to kill world. He's an antagonist with a lot of different like facets of his personality coming in and someone who was so deeply obsessively in love that when that love was severed, he had nothing else to grasp onto in the world. And then you get Carmilla. And I think my biggest, like, moment in season four where I was like, man, this is the show. This show is, like, I love this show, is Carmilla's finale. Because it was this blend of, like, Cersei Lannister to me mixed with um, <laughs> sort, sort of, like, um, I don't know, like an action, like, warrior priestess. Like, Cersei Lannister, if Cersei Lannister was really good at fighting, but Carmilla's ending actually satisfied me where Cersei's didn't. Like, Cersei kind of, like, this is what I wanted Cersei to end like. Carmilla, knowing she's cornered, knowing there's no hope, and she just looks at her and the line she says of, you don't deserve my blood. Like, (laughs) I love that. That was such, like, Cersei vibes of, like, you have been the most, like, full of yourself. I will drag myself up to the top if I have to, like, climb on the backs of everyone I love to do so. And now that I'm about to die, I will not give you the, the satisfaction of killing me. <laughs> There's so many characters in the show like this that just have distinct and really well thought out narratives in the span of not very many episodes and not much time. Castlevania did with four seasons of 10 episodes each, 20 minutes each, did with that short of a time span what most fantasy series I've watched can't do with like six. Um, and I really respect that. And the action sequences are amazing. And the they're the reason that as I'm reading the Wheel of Time right now, Castlevania keeps popping up in my head. And I keep thinking, like, I'm I don't really know if I want this book series to be a live action adaptation because I think you lose a lot of the fantastical elements of like medieval fantasy magic combat in that trying to make it CGI and like anime is a form that captures that so well and I think Castlevania is such a good example of that of Trevor Belmont's like fight scenes yeah are they kind of crazy outlandish and unrealistically magic and yeah they are but that's part of the story and they look amazing they're gorgeous and the the end fight with Dracula, Alucard, Trevor, and Sypha in season two is far and above many fantasy fight sequences I've ever seen. I could rewatch that every week. Like it is so entertaining. But those are my first two defenses. <laughs> I could gush about this movie, this show. <laughs> uh, I think we've heard you gushing enough. 
Hey. Um, <laughs> about a show that it was okay, but you know, it was like an anime. Honestly, like there are good animes, and then there are animes that are just animes. And I feel like this was good for like a Netflix show, but it wasn't like Cowboy Bebop. It wasn't like an anime that I felt like really, really to like pick up and watch every single day. Like I couldn't go a day without watching it. Like I felt with some of the better animes that I've watched. This was like 90% action and like 10% character development. Like I, I, I watched this show like in the background while I was doing other things because mm-hmm. honestly once people were talking for like the five minutes of a 20 minute episode that people talked I could tune in and get the story but most of it was just like granted cool fight scenes but fight scenes it, it felt like watching the Castlevania video game if I were if it were in the age of, of really good animation it's pretty much what it was to me and honestly I wasn't the biggest fan of a lot of the uh, villain characters being murdered in like one episode like these these big vampire council like they're all supposed to be the baddest vampires in the whole world and like two humans three two humans and one other vampire just walk in and murder all of them it's kind of like when we were talking about uh, Supernatural the other day and we talked about how Satan shows up and he just kills all the pagan gods by snapping his fingers. This felt like another one of those and I mm. hate those I hate those scenes because it's so lame. Like, oh, this is the baddest vampire from Japan and the baddest vampire from Scandinavia and the baddest vampire from all these other places. And like Trevor Belmont walks in with a whip and Sypha walks in with her magic and they just like ice all the vampires at once. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes me feel like you are, you're going to talk all these bad monsters up later and then Trevor Belmont will show up and win. So, like, where's the tension? Nowhere. Like, I know Trevor Belmont and Sypha and Alucard aren't going to lose to anything. Fully so... disagree. Fully disagree. Gotta interrupt you because they get their butts handed to them by Dracula. Dracula does not get beat. That is one of the most genius things of the ending of the second season. Dracula kills himself because he realizes how stupid he was. And, like, that sets up Trevor Belmont and Sypha going, like, through hell in the next two seasons. And Trevor barely wins a lot of the fights he does. I think the stakes are not even close to Supernatural. Like, yeah, they're generals, but they're underling generals that those guys beat. They're not underlings. They only attack Dracula's castle once Carmilla and Morana and Striga have left, like the three main people, and have actually rebelled openly against Dracula. They're not underlings, though. Like, that Japanese mist vampire lady is like the queen of Japanese vampires. They don't set her up, though. None of the characters that are, like, set up in, like, really profound storylines are ever just off. Carmilla I disagree. I, I particularly with that Japanese vampire. There's an entire arc in the next season where they very much set her up. Sure, it's in like it's like a post setup after that vampire's already dead, but like they spend like a lot a lot of episodes developing those two uh, Japanese characters that come to Alucard and then try to kill him. Like a whole season of talking about how powerful that uh, Japanese vampire was. And then she just gets off. It's like the Ginyu squad in Dragon Ball Z. Like, 
they show up and everyone's like, oh, they're the baddest bounty hunters in the universe. Blah, 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 blah. And then they get killed by like Goku being like, I kick you. <laughs> or I Boba just... Fett. Or Boba Fett. It's like Boba Fett syndrome. It's like, oh, what a cool character. What an awesome character. He's from the Mandalorians, this ancient race of super bad warriors. <laughs> uh, oh, he gets killed on accident by like Han Solo who's bound it's like come on no i just fully don't think i don't think the stakes are as low as you think they're like the fact that trevor and sypha lose all the time the fact that they can only beat miss miss vampire because they literally have dracula's son with them it's not just some other vampire it's alucard it is dracula's child the most powerful vampire in the known universe his son is the reason that they can like ice those two generals and like as soon as Sypha and Trevor come up against Dracula, the most powerful vampire in the known universe, he annihilates them. It's not even funny. It's like Goku god level power coming up against like the weakest version of Krillin. <laughs> like, so there's stakes. Like Trevor and Sypha, yeah. after two punches from him, are like, we are not in the right place. Like, we have to help Alucard, and that's our only hope of survival. And that's what I got from that fight, for sure. Yeah, I don't agree with that. It, <laughs> it, first of all, it isn't two generals. It's, like, six of them. <laughs> and they're supposed to be the baddest vampires in the world. Against Dracula's son, also and, Fear of the Week. And two human Fear of the Week. <laughs> fear of the Week. All right. I got heated. I got heated because I, <laughs> I had to. You did. What are you drinking? All right. Another Black Raven. I'm on a Black Raven kick. Black Raven is actually from Redmond. <laughs> but Redmond's an awesome little town, and Black Raven is definitely one of my, my favorite breweries. Um, but this week, I'm trying one of their uh, new ones called Updraft. It's a pale ale, not an IPA, but just a pale ale. All right. Um, with, like, some citrus undertones, it says. Uh, so I usually like citrusy beers. I, I like Belgian whites. Um, so we're going to try a pale. That's it's, So it's not a wheat beer like a Belgian, but it's still supposed to have those citrusy tones. So I'm going to see mm -hmm. how it goes. What do you got? I have uh, from Half Acre Brewing in Chicago. Um, one my friend Mickey recommended. He's a, he's a Chicago native, mm. diehard Bears fan. Uh, he recommended this, but then he said, please don't drink this beer on air because it's quite hoppy and I don't want to be wrong that you'll like it. And so I told him, I'm now going to drink it on air. <laughs> Good. Like a friend should. Yes. So Mickey, uh, if this is terrible, it's all your fault. That's right. And Chicago will shun you. Yes. <laughs> I really don't. Please don't stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah we don't have a lot of listeners um i i like mickey he's a great guy uh mickey i agree for your choice of football teams though i realize it's probably not a real choice <laughs> we're really just asking mickey to stop listening yeah <laughs> mickey's done mickey's he's clocking <laughs> off forever mickey is no longer <laughs> a fan of <laughs> podcast. uh i can't say i blame you no i don't yeah all right Let's see how these taste. Mm. That's really good. Mm. 
<laughs> that sounds like a dis gonna disappoint Mickey. Kind no, of it's reaction. not. I got mostly foam. That was a I pretty much drank foam in that gulp. So. Oh yeah, try again. It's not bad. I mean, it's for for a pilsner. It is hoppy, but hmm. but it's hoppy for a pilsner. It's not like hoppy for an IPA. So it's not like hmm. picking me in the face with hops. Right. It's, like, it's kind of like an overly hoppy, um, you know, standard Budweiser, but like better flavor. It definitely has a lot more grainy flavor. Hmm. I don't mind it. I would drink these. Go Bears. Nice. Go Bears. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I like this one. It's it's light like a pilsner, but it has those uh, citrusy tones, kind of like a little bit of a hint of some sort of melon, a bit of a lemony, orangey kind of taste. It's really okay. good. Okay. Yeah, I like uh-huh. it. I, you would hate it. Sweet. But I like <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. What do you actually think about Castlevania? Oh, yeah. I, I was totally trolling. Uh, Castlevania's great. Um, definitely go watch it if, if you're a fan of anime or like supernatural monster fighter shows of any kind. This show's fantastic. Like Travis was uh, gushing about for like three quarters of the uh, debate. Um, the fight scenes are brilliant. It's extremely well written. Um, it's actually produced by one of my favorite film composers, which I didn't know he did things other than music, but Warren Ellis. Oh. Um, yeah, he, he did the soundtrack for Jesse James, him and Nick Cave. Oh. And I'm a huge fan. That's my favorite movie soundtrack of all time. So when I saw Warren Ellis, I was like, oh, awesome. I didn't, I didn't know he, he did other, you know, other things. Mm-hmm. So uh, And the music is great, too. So you can really you can really see the handprint of somebody who knows the film industry really well and how to tell stories really well uh, through multiple mediums is is in charge of that show and it was really really well done yeah mm-hmm. great fight scenes great writing very compelling characters and story arcs and uh, yeah really 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 good animation one of the best I've seen since probably Cowboy Bebop which I which I brought up yeah I mean. I didn't even get to talk about probably my favorite arc was uh, Isaac. Isaac's like, great. Such mm-hmm. a good redemption arc of starting as this total nihilistic, like I hate humans, even though I am one mm-hmm. and ending with that glimmer of hope of like realizing there is a reason to live in the world and stuff. I loved that arc. And yeah. Uh, yeah. His fight with Carmilla is what sort of like solidified me as a, just a fan, fan, fan of this show. Um, mm-hmm. Carmilla's Carmilla's final scene was so awesome. Oh, so cinematic and so good. Really um, cool. But yeah, I don't know. I already gushed quite a bit, so there's not a ton I can say more about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if there there's not a whole lot to say about it. Like, it's a monster fighting show. Mm-hmm. And there are some episodes that uh, you know. I, I drew my argument from a partially true place. There are some argu- uh, some episodes that are like 90% fighting. Yeah, that's fair. And, and there's plenty of those episodes, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a show that does not have filler episodes. No, which is, which is awesome in an for anime. an anime. Yeah, um, it really doesn't. It really doesn't have filler episodes like pretty much at all. I, mm-hmm. The only thing I can think that even comes close is it felt like St. Germain might be fillery at first 
like yeah, the episode first, that was then, devoted to him, but then yeah. you realize how important he is to the final battle, and you're like, yep. okay, never mind, that wasn't filler. <laughs> yep, yep. But it did feel like it when I first watched it. I was like, okay, I don't care about Saint Germain. Like, mm-hmm. can we get back to like Isaac and and the uh, Strivian castle with the vampire lady queens mm-hmm. and like yeah i don't know i i pretty much liked everything about it it was really good i will say it's not for um we've said not. this be- we we've said this before it's not like you know whatever the term is like trigger warnings or whatever but it is very dark um mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you like it and you make it through like seasons one and two and you really don't like disturbing dark things the end of season three was hard for me to watch and uh, I, it was really gross i watch a lot of really grim stuff but the end of season three i was like oh i'm uncomfortable like in a good way but i'm uncomfortable <laughs> i assume you're talking about the uh isaac arc yeah the isaac arc and like the <laughs> the alicard arc with the two visitors he gets to his castle that whole thing oh uh, yeah there was uh, a lot <laughs> it was gross it was so. hardcore I will say that if you don't like things that aren't afraid to go all the way dark and like before they bring you up, because I do think it has a very hopeful ending. But it, oh, the it, ending's great. I was, it, uh, takes I was to, like... it takes you to a grim place before it gets there. So if that's not for you, this ain't the show for you. Mm-hmm. The ending's great, uh, though I wish they would have killed Belmont. I'm 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 in agreement, but I do think I think they're going to use I think they're going to have the kid and then they'll use the kid in like the next seasons. I think that's going to be the next arc of the story. So, but they didn't need Belmont to do that. That's true. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. Like I agree. Yeah. I kind of want that was to a that was going to be my next argument, but we didn't have much time to mm-hmm. to dive this thoroughly into it because we just started arguing about <laughs> the Vampire <laughs> Council, which is fair. Which um, is... I do actually think that. I mean, I don't like when shows uh overhype villains um i get that that like tries to raise the stakes mm-hmm. but i think they raise the stakes plenty with dracula and maybe i'm maybe i'm overthinking that maybe they didn't overhype the vampires like you said but i don't know when there's like six like of the baddest vampires from around the world i want to see i want to see it be a little harder mm-hmm. and to, i can get that them. i think i was just so starstruck and just so in love with this final battle with Dracula because like mm-hmm. very rarely do you see that the good guys don't win but he still died like that was so cool to me that like they talked mm-hmm. up Dracula like he is the greatest power the most intimidating villain in all of known history and you're mm-hmm. like oh but then they're gonna kill him like they're gonna get to the final battle and they're gonna win it's like no no, he kills himself. Like, yeah, he that's true. Consumed by his own rage, and like he ices them. And I was like, that is so cool. That was cool. Yeah, that that's true. They did not like defeat Dracula. It was not like Goku beating Frieza, where it's like Frieza knocks him down a bunch of times, but he always gets back up. Mm-hmm. It was like if he hadn't walked into Alucard's room. Mm-hmm. and got just hella sad <laughs> then <laughs> he, he would have he would have put them all on ice he was about to rip alucard's spine out but he just got hella depressed <laughs> <laughs> and he was not even breaking his sweat like beating them up either. no it was <laughs> that, like yeah. it was not happening you guys are not beating dracula it he was like a dark souls boss yeah exactly. where it's like you're gonna have to try 
at least 90 more times if you want to beat me, dog. Yeah. But I <laughs> yeah, need therapy, it, it so I'm going to beat myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I need some time in the infinite corridor to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, okay, one more point before we, we wrap up. But that was going to be my one critique if I rolled negative. And me and Mickey, who we've referenced a lot in this episode. Hi, Mickey. Hi, Mickey. We both agree with this. The one thing we hate, hate about this show is there is absolutely no reason Lisa Tepes should be in hell. True. That's true. Like, she Um, was a saint. And, like, she should not be Yeah, and she even burned for it. Like, isn't that how you become a saint? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know for humanity. I know the writers wanted them to be like united in the end, but like to me, that was just such an oversight of like, you told us this person was pretty much goodness incarnate, so good she could turn the heart of pretty much the devil. And yet Mm -hmm. she goes to hell when she dies. That makes absolutely no sense. That's true. And she was martyred for, she was like literally martyred, like Mm -hmm. for humanity. Like, Maybe because he wasn't a Christian? I don't know what they were trying to say there, but I did not like it. And that's my one critique of this. No, I fully agree with that. I, I didn't even think about that because I don't look at the theological side of things as much. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much just went with the writers on that. Like, oh, yeah, she was where Dracula was. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know, maybe you can make an argument that if you uh, deal with the devil, you go where the devil goes. I guess that that could be true. Yeah. I think while they were together, Dracula was being a lot less devilly. Yeah, he was uh, being like a man. And I... Yeah, he was being pretty much a human mm-hmm. and pretty much agreeing to, he was giving her the resources she needed to like heal people, and he was honestly kind of on a good path until she died. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I, I don't know, maybe you can make the argument that her death was the catalyst that set off the near genocide of the human race. Um but that's not still not her fault. So I don't no. know. I, I agree with that, you. I think this is a, a short a short side on the side of the creators. Yeah. But mm-hmm. recommend the show. Not if you don't like really dark stuff. And maybe if you're if you're a Christian like me, but you don't like to be like have the church offended, also not the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm you'll okay hate it. with it. Like I I can definitely have that conversation and reconcile with it but like if you don't want to even walk into those conversations this ain't the show and i get that (laughs) honestly if you think you might like it watch the first episode and you'll know you'll know by the end of the first episode if you're gonna like it (laughs) you're gonna see everything that could offend you about the show is gonna happen that is very fair yep like everything from debating bestiality to babies being thrown against walls and exploding, <laughs> to Christians just being pretty much the worst. Not Christians like as a whole, but the particular Christians represented in episode one are not mm-hmm. the good kind. And um, it's all there. Anything yeah. you, anything that could offend you about Castlevania, I feel like they did a great job with that pilot for that reason, by the way. Yes. They were straight out like, look, this is what this show is going to be like. So (laughs) if you You don't don't like like all of this in your face, (laughs) watch something else. (laughs) Watch something else. All right. Uh, I think that'll be a show. Yeah. That's most definitely a show. All right. Well, if you want to keep following Sinister Soup, you can go to at Sinister Soup 
podcast at Instagram or at T Vermulum OG on Instagram. The links will be in the bio of the show. I'm also at, at T Vermulum on TikTok, and I will be trying to do more book reviews. And then you can find me at ClayVermulumFiction.com, where I release a monthly newsletter in which I give out a free short story. And it's the only place you can get it is my newsletter. So you should come join it, get a free short story. It's always about some monster or other, and it's usually horror, sci-fi, or fantasy. So, yeah, come on over, ClaverMullenFiction.com, and, and join me. Link in the bio. All right, thanks for tuning in to Sinister Soup this week. Head down to the episode description for links to the shout-outs from our Bring Some Culture segment and for links to all of our stuff. So, yeah, check all that stuff out, and we hope to see you next week. Until that time, I've been ClaverMullen. And I have been Travis Vermillon. And we are both still those people. Bye. Bye.